Cześć everyone, my name is Anita Urikowska. My name is Anja Siemiączko and we are local foreigners. In today's episode, we are discussing whether our identities change when we switch from Polish to English and how language impacts our interaction with others. And I'd like to start with expressions. So very Polish expressions and very English expressions and how they can just get mixed up and confuse our listeners and ourselves as well. What would be like the one, the first expression that comes to your mind that's typically, say, Polish that you use in English? Oh, typically Polish that I use in English. I think it's right now is the other way around. Before, uh, when I was in learning English, I, were, I wanted to translate the Polish expressions literally into English and that didn't work. But now that I use English a lot more often and Polish is almost becoming my second language, I'm trying to do the same thing but the other way around because 90% of the time I speak English. So one of the expressions that I I want to translate into Polish is, for example, it's a little thing. I say again, you know, like in English you would say, and then again, we we wanted to ask for a refund because blah, blah, blah. So it's like the, the again is almost like um, you say that you are repeating your point again, but if you want to do exactly the same thing, translating it literally into Polish, that doesn't work. And I've, I've caught myself recently doing that a lot. Like I would be speaking with my parents and then I would just say, no, it's not good dlatego. And I'm like, oh my God, this is so embarrassing. Like they don't know why I'm saying this and I don't know why I'm saying this. I'm just, I just want to say it, you know? But you kind of catch yourself doing it because it's never like fully conscious, is it? And um, yeah, it's always taken to me by surprise as well. And it's always too late. You just, you know, you've said it and then you know that the other person also knows that you've said it and they are wondering why the hell are you saying this? There's always that moment of like, yeah. yeah. You don't address it. So it's like, yeah, it's, yeah. it's awkward. Let's just move on. <laughs> it's like, it's a little thing. Uh, and, oh, I don't know, like from Polish into, into English. I don't think that I am borrowing anything. Are you? Um, well, I, I don't know. I guess, um, I guess it's definitely more the case the other way around because mm-hmm. I struggle to speak Polish much more than I struggle to speak English. I kind of struggle with both, but I struggle more with Polish. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I would totally agree with you. That's definitely the case now. Where I try to find the right words and the right expressions. And the first things that come to my mind are English ones that um, I end up translating into Polish and then they make no sense. Like say at the end of the day, um, uh-huh. or things like that. Or actually not even translating them but um, things like like, which mm. is almost automatic uh, to everyone who speaks English and to us as well. And yeah, before you know it, it's out. Um, when you speak fast, when to explain something or express something very quickly, it just, yeah, it just comes out. And, uh, and that's even worse. It's even more embarrassing because then you kind of say something in, a, in English in the middle of the Polish sentence. And, um, and there's a bit of that kind of moment of, oh, I've become this... Uh, migrant you know who can't speak their own native language do you find 
people, uh, your friends, especially friends from Poland, when you speak with them, do you find them judging you a little bit when you slip in some English words or expressions or you make a grammatical mistake? I think I judge myself so much harsher <laughs> always. So I'm like I'm my own uh, like worst critic. So I judge myself for it every time it happens. Mm -hmm. And I'm extremely embarrassed because I really want to speak well in both languages and I end up always being so sort of in the middle linguistically um but I, I definitely find it easier to talk to friends who either live in the UK I mean to Polish friends who either live in the UK or have lived in the UK because it's there's this unwritten rule between us migrants and I think it covers not only obviously us Poles but everyone that you slip in English words and it's sort of more natural it's it's I think you're more at ease mm -hmm. when you you speak to your fellow um Polish migrants for example and um and yeah and there's definitely like more pressure when you speak to Polish people living in Poland I find it I find yeah. myself kind of trying a lot harder and failing a lot harder because I try so much mm -hmm. You know, another expression that comes to my mind now, and this is something that I think demonstrates how certain expressions also influence your behavior and your identity, because this is also what, what we will be talking about. The expression is please and thank you. So, um, and I'm, I'm, I think we've already talked about it a little bit in some other episodes. But this is something that I didn't used to use in my language very often when I was living in Poland, because I, I feel like we do say obviously thank you and sorry and, and so on in Polish, but we just we say it when it's absolutely necessary, whereas in, in English... <laughs> <laughs> Whereas in English, you just say it all the time. So it's like, it's almost like a, a filler in the conversation. So whilst when I first came to the UK, I was definitely not using enough of these. And I still find myself having to sometimes remind myself, okay, this is when I need to insert the please at the end of the sentence, even though like it still sometimes feels very unnatural, but I, I have started using it a lot more often. And because of that, because of that, now when I go back to Poland, I also find myself thanking my parents for so many things that they don't expect me to thank. And my parents, uh, my friends, have commented on this a few times before, and they said that like, like, just chill out. You don't need to be thanking for everything. I know. Especially, I do the same thing. Especially my Spanish friends. So when I lived oh, in Spain. Okay. Yeah, when I lived in Spain, I got that all the time. Like, come on, mate, you like stop thinking, you know, or stop saying please. It's unnatural. <laughs> and I was like, okay, oh, I love it. <laughs> so it's really funny how I really believe that simply being surrounded by thank yous and pleases has influenced my identity in a sense that I have now started being a lot more. I don't know, I've kind of become a, a bit more like mellow and soft and diplomatic as well, I think. British, basically. You become British. Yes. It happens to me all the time as well. And I get the same kind of feedback of slight confusion and the sort of responses, even from my parents, actually telling me that, like, <laughs> why are you being so polite? 
There's no reason to be so crazy to be like this. <laughs> be more rude. Um, but yeah, with like, especially like little, like simple things, like day to day things. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, in case of just like quick questions, when you ask someone to like pass you something or do something for you, and um, and I catch myself um, saying the variations of "Would you mind?" or "If it's not a problem, do it for me." And and the looks I get even from my parents are just like, "Just tell me what you want." Like, you don't, like why are you saying all these other things? Um, so it's definitely influenced the way I speak Polish now, mm-hmm. and that's actually really interesting because it's the I think a much bigger section of language is actually cultural language and how you use it um, in a kind of cultural sense. And and then I think even the way we speak Polish now with, for example, the pleases and thank yous, that's almost like a different Polish because no one speaks like that. So it's almost unnatural to speak Polish in that way. And so um, it also works the other way around, where we don't say those things when we are culturally required to. And it's happened to us as well, as we discussed in the politeness episode. And another funny thing is that we, not only do we use Polish that has been influenced by English and our British identities, but also I think that we use Polish that we learned you know, in the 90s and um, and in the, do you call them noughties? You yeah, know, the I, know that. I, I know, me too. I, I really don't like the word naughty in all kinds, kinds of contexts. So I try to avoid it. But I think this is how you say it, right? In the, in the noughties. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Early 2000s. <laughs> so we know, we learned Polish from, you know, end and the beginning of the, the, the century which means that we that when i speak with my polish friends sometimes they use words that i don't know anymore you know and i really use some expressions that i used to use when i was a teenager but that was a long time ago so i do feel like there is that difference you know like the the way we speak polish is very very different and also it is also i feel like my Polish language encapsulates that identity that I used to have as well when I was um, much younger, you know, and when I lived in Poland. And it's very interesting to go back and forth between these different identities. So I certainly feel like I am very much a different person when I speak different languages, whether that's Polish, English, or Spanish. And there is it's actually sometimes quite difficult to explain those differences but to me it feels like I literally put on a different costume you know and Mm. sometimes these differences are more visible like um, some of my friends used to tell me that you I speak much louder when I speak in Polish and Often, um, I used to get comments when I would speak with my brother, when we would meet up, because he lives in the UK as well. We would meet up and my ex-boyfriend would hear us speak and he'd be like, are you guys okay? Are you, is everything okay between you two? Because he was, he thought that we are arguing, you know? So sometimes that different personality comes out in the most unexpected ways like for example just speaking louder and being a lot more emotive and you know maybe like direct or maybe sounding even more harsh 
Have you had similar yeah. experience? Oh my God, yes. Yeah, yeah, many times. And yeah, talking to my friends, talking to my parents, I had flatmates asking me if, um, if I was arguing with them because I sounded really angry. And when um, speaking Polish? When speaking Polish, yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it was really kind of, it happened quite, uh, quite a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, which is, I always find really funny. But I even had, I remember my friend was visiting once years ago and he, well, he doesn't live in the UK. And I had to actually tell him off for not being polite, polite enough because he was being just like, well, I guess quite regular, you know, regular Polish mode. And, um, and yeah, and just not even like using the right words. It wasn't even about the language itself, but the intonation he used, which was really flat mm-hmm. and not kind of emotional at all. Mm-hmm. And, and I could tell, like, as he was staying with me and he would kind of come in and just go, hi, for example, which would be, you know, like, that's what you just say, chest and just ca- keep going, just carry on with your life, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I could see the expression of like horror shock of, on my fat mate's face. And because he just found him so rude and he just didn't know what was happening. Mm-hmm. And so I had to like instruct my friend to kind of just be like, okay, you have to just not just sound nicer, just raise your voice a little bit, let's just like be like, hi. And he, he was just, he couldn't believe that he, I actually asked him to do it, but he tried and it worked. <laughs> so it was just like hilarious how you almost have to act a certain way um yeah to kind of be better understood so it's not even the choice of the word sometimes but just the how you say them and how you in- intonate them if that's the that's the word now i agree and i think that like you said polish it can come across as very flat in the way that i would almost say maybe not even intonate but in the way we we use our energy when we speak in Polish in a sense that you can, you can just be like very, like very low and like this. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, everything is fine. Why, you know, like it's, it's cool. Whereas in English, you are a lot more melodic and to be a lot more excited about everything. This is how you, yeah. Tell me how you feel about being excited in English. I I feel tired when I when I need to be excited, you know? And I feel like it's a requirement to be excited when you speak about anything, literally anything. And this really comes out with just the, you know, like random chit chat with with people at work for example when they ask you how your weekend was and you know you have to be like oh yeah like we did oh, i did this and i did that and everything you need to put a lot of energy into just even if you're saying boring things you need to say it in an excited way right yeah, and yeah, yeah, totally. and even using the word excited i feel like it's absolutely overused in English language and the funny thing is that when you want to translate it literally into Polish I am excited about something we actually don't have an expression that would be that would carry the same meaning so if you said that if you said if you literally translated the word excited 
jestem podekscytowana koncertem jutro, I am excited about the concert tomorrow, it would sound so unnatural. You just, in Polish yeah. language, you're not excited about things. There's, there's no yeah, word. Yeah. yeah, 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 so true. You can say you can't, you can't wait for something or you look, you're looking forward to something, but excitement is just not something that we use on a regular basis. Yeah, and it, it also, like, even if you can't wait for something in Polish, it's, it's usually used for, like, big things that you're really excited about. Mm-hmm. You're not excited about just anything and everything. Because I feel like in English, you are more required to be excited about, as you're saying, about all the little things, you know, like, excited about chatting to you later, mm-hmm. and excited about, you know, having a day off, and excited about have, watching TV in the evening, you know? And, um, like, no one would ever even think that in Polish. Like, they're excited about having a night in. Like, no, I just would not actually exist in um, yeah, the kind of cultural realm, I think. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it's spot on with excitement mm-hmm. and that energy that, um, yeah, English requires beyond language itself. And that's actually, that's just one of the most fascinating things, just the way you communicate with each other. Um, and yeah, like chats and work, for example, I remember hating it so much, especially in the morning, because the thing I love, there's two things I love most in the mornings, and that's coffee and silence. <laughs> I relate. <laughs> two things together, the most beautiful things that can go, come together in the morning. The last <laughs> thing I want is talk, talk to someone, but even if I'm just allowed to be myself, just kind of monotone you know, not chatty, then I can deal with that. But once you're in an environment that, that requires you to just be excited and always just kind of, yeah, always kind of just be sort of like more upbeat, even if you're not required to be happy, you're required to be more upbeat about your sadness. Mm-hmm. You know, like you sort of like, you know, have to put in like coherent, quick sentences and you have to kind of summarize something and um and you know bounce the ball because i'm bouncing my headphones but bounce the ball back and forth and then make sure you kind of like um um yeah kind of put the question forward you know answer it and keep the game going and that's um that's exhausting i know but do you think that we are naturally more excitable when we speak english simply because everyone around us who speaks English is also that is also that way. I think so, hundred mm-hmm. percent. I feel like I'm totally a different person when I speak English, and um, and it's sometimes I like that. Sometimes I actually do appreciate that, and I do appreciate that influence of English and English culture in general on my personality and me. Because um, I'm definitely more bubbly. I'm definitely. I think I even smile more when I speak English. Mm-hmm. I don't think I smile remotely as much when I speak Polish because we, <laughs> I don't know, we just not, we don't, you know, I think we, it's not like part of like the rhythm of the language in Polish. And I actually would love to hear about everyone else's experiences in their own language because we, yeah, that sort of uh, bubbliness. And I'm literally the least bubbly person of all people. Um, I could not be least less bubbly if I tried. But um, I hate that term, actually, bubbly. But, um, but I, I'm still, like, on the spectrum of bubbly when I speak English. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the sort of that excitement, the sort of the 
there's more general politeness, kindness, um, even like the art of small talk is slightly different because uh, it carries a different energy. Obviously, small talk exists in Polish as well, but it, it can be, it, like it's allowed to have, we're allowed to have a very deflated small talk in Poland, you know, mm -hmm. I think. Like we were just discussing it the other day, how, you know, you can just ask someone how it's going and they kind of look at you just like that with a, you know, a very kind of dully face and go, well, same old, it's fine. And, and then you just carry on talking about something and, you know, and you both sound really disinterested, I guess, or bored or whatever. And that's fine. Whereas in English, you'd be met with the instant worry <laughs> and kind of double checking if like everything's okay and trying to turn it into a joke or like a pleasant um, enough kind of situation as if like those emotions were completely unbalanced like everyone and us here and yeah mm. you have to kind of get out of that somehow yeah that's why that's another reason why I sometimes feel like I'm almost like forced to be excited about everything or be positive about everything because often when you want to show your true emotions which sometimes is simply zero emotion because you feel <laughs> flat you don't want to be showing any emotions you emotionally tired to be expressing anything that causes a lot of worry and questions and suspicions but maybe you maybe you are not well maybe do you want to talk you know and it's sometimes just want to no like I I'm just not feeling like I'm feeling fine or I'm not feeling fine but I'm you know I'm okay carrying on the way I am and you don't want to be explaining constantly but i've i've had that situation so many times when oh God. yeah people would just and it the the funny thing with worry is that when some someone's someone worries about you that causes worry in you as well because you don't want someone yes. to worry and it's like this worry look but it's like just fuck off like i'm fine don't ask me questions you know yeah 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 oh god i am totally i totally understand and it really bothers me i really hate when people worry in general, not like when people worry because something happened and I do appreciate that and that's lovely and, you know, uh, necessary, I guess, in friendships, but like just when people just worry in general. Just for no reason, reason at all. Yeah. And just like, let me be me. Like, let me have the space. Mm -hmm. And I actually, I was quite notorious for having a bitch face like back in the day. I think maybe I still am. And, and I really kind of pushed it as well because I really enjoyed it. But I kept telling everyone, this is literally just my resting face. I don't, you know, I don't kind of passively smile. I just don't smile at all when I'm just in a very resting mode. Um, but apparently it was quite like, you know, frightening, creepy. No, not creepy, but like quite like a intimidating. That's the word I'm looking for. But an intimidating face. Mm -hmm. that kind of evoked that sort of like oh is everything okay are you feeling good are you angry about something it's like no I'm literally just looking ahead of me and like <laughs> deep in thought and this is my face to deal with it <laughs> it's I I also like the how we answer the question how are you in different languages so you mentioned that a little bit in Poland it's very common to say same old nothing new you know same as yesterday last week month ago and that's just just 
it's a normal answer. Whereas in English, I think like the the most negative or the lowest you can get typically would be not bad. I think this is like the most dramatic I have had from anyone, you know, like not bad, (laughs) which still means quite well, you know? So it's, it's funny how we just approach the same question in a very different way obviously very generalization but this is how typically we would answer these chit chatty questions yeah yeah definitely and almost like when you mention not bad it almost like requires an explanation as well mm-hmm. yeah it almost like required to say something that i don't know i missed my bus or i don't know i couldn't sleep last night or something you know like if you just leave it at not bad it almost leaves that kind of you know cliffhanger of what happened why are you not great or good (laughs) yeah Um, why things are just not bad Mm -hmm. um yeah and it's sort of like there's almost like a sing-along to it which is really i think that's actually one of the most like energy kind of draining things about how are you i'm sorry i think we're obsessed with how are you but like it's literally like one of the most mind-blowing things in the english language that energy kind of that goes into it because i feel like for example, in Polish, when you ask someone how they are and they decide to tell you or they go, oh, well, same old, whatever. You allow that space. Like people either take a pause and think about it or they just kind of, I don't know, they, it's much more chilled. Whereas in English, you are, it's almost, you, you, there's that game that you have to play. So you have to kind of go, how are you? Oh, good, thanks. You know, my, cha- my voice has changed now. <laughs> and how, how are you doing? And you have to kind of keep it going. You can't just kind of, pause if i say if you ask me how i am and i paused and went yeah good things i think you know that's like a no-go that's that's that means like everyone's just frozen around you and doesn't know what to do because you haven't asked them how they are and they and then you took it to your time to answer and it's, i feel like that would already cause a little paralysis mm-hmm. and um you know and i think it's, and again it's just that um difference in language Mm -hmm. you mentioned another thing that reminded me of one story uh you know you said that you your voice even sounds different when you speak in english and i a few years ago i was visiting a my friend's mum, which whom I hadn't seen for a few years after I moved out from Poland. So I was already living abroad, but I came back to visit my parents and I popped in. And the first thing that she said to me was, oh my God, your voice is so low now. I was like, thanks. I think she even said, she even mentioned that I sound more manly, which I'm not sure how to interpret. However, apparently she was, she was implying that my voice became lower. And I, I would agree with that. I do think that when I speak in English, I somehow, I definitely use my vocal cord in a different way. And I produce completely different sounds to the sounds that I would produce in Polish. And I also feel like I'm, I'm using a diff, different part of my mouth to imitate i love it this is very specific Mm. (laughs) it 
yeah, but it's, I, I never hear any, anyone talk about it, you know? So I really wonder whether other people have different, similar experience that you feel like you're using your mouth in a different way to imitate the sounds of a certain language. And, you know, like Polish and English are not so far off in terms of pronunciation. There are some sounds that don't exist in English or that don't exist in Polish, but they are not that, that dif uh, different. How, for example, compared with, you know, some um, Icelandic, um, with the Icelandic language or some African languages, you know, like there are really, really big differences. So I'm still surprised that I'm noticing it so clearly. Do mm. you think that you, you use your, like, your mouth in a different way when you really speak in English? Um, I have to say I'm not the, like, the biggest on details. I've never observed that. But, um, but yeah, maybe. Maybe it's like more frontal. Mm -hmm. I think it's just that kind of tone of voice I always observe that, you know, when you speak Polish, it's just flat, like the intonation is flat. Mm -hmm. So even when we ask questions, we kind of sometimes don't even raise our, you know, tone at all. Um, and maybe that's why we sound quite like angry to like a British ears. I don't know. Mm -hmm. But in, I guess British just always, well, British English. Um, it's quite melodic in the way you, even that, like kind of melodic, your voice sort of changes as you speak. And, um, and, and there's so many rules of intonation. And um, yeah, and I guess, I guess maybe, you know, when you mentioned about, you know, not speaking Polish for the last like 10 years and not really being up to date with it. And I find myself having the same thing of, you know, borrowing people's like my friends um expressions and words and not to mention slang that i'd never understand and luckily i have friends close enough to kind of go what are you saying because i feel so old and just you know not cool for not understanding any of these expressions but i think in english it's the same thing because it's our adopted um language now maybe even the first language really uh, we kind of borrow and steal and it's fine and i think it kind of applies to intonation as well and the way we say things and I think well we were both living in Wales for two years and I remember when when my ex um, met me for the first time he thought he wasn't sure I was Welsh but he thought that maybe I could have been because mm -hmm. there's enough of the Welsh twang and I thought I don't and by the Welsh twang I guess um, I don't even mean the accent necessarily, the specific pronunciation, but just the way, um, yeah, I intonated, let's just say it's the right word, because <laughs> I'm not sure, the words, because Welsh is even, Welsh English is much more melodic. There's much more going on there. Um, so, yeah, I think we kind of just adopt those sounds and we kind of borrow and steal from people around us. And that's happened with English as well, how we kind of, if we've learned to go, you know, oh, how's it going? You know, for example, and yeah, like, mm -hmm. no one would go, you know, cause you sound like Borat, you know? So um, yeah, so it's just that stealing and borrowing of people, how, you know, of people around us, I guess. 
do you now that we have established that we do have different identities when we speak polish and english and other languages do you have your preferred identity um ah, a tricky question <laughs> <laughs> i think i honestly always come back to this thing of being in the middle and with the language i think it's more true than with anything else that i am somewhere in the middle where my language is sort of merged together like my two languages obviously i operate two languages depending on where i am who i speak to but in my head the way i think about the words it's merged into kind of sort of one and i think those personalities merged into one as well um I think more is more consolidated than ever because I feel, feel like I don't know if you've had the same experience coming visiting Poland a few years ago. I felt more torn, like I felt always just like belonging to different worlds and it's almost just like a, you know, um, crossing different planets. Like you, you felt like you'd never lived in the other if you were in one, if that makes sense. Uh, and it felt always like this monumental leap. But this time, I think now it's more of consolidated of, yeah, I'm a kind of like British Polish migrant. Like I'm always in between and, um, and, you know, I do appreciate the kind of Polish side if I can like simplify it and interpret it as more, maybe sometimes monotone, maybe more direct, maybe more like bitch facey. You know, I really love that side uh because it gives me more space and relaxes me and i i relax in it and because i completely you know completely completely understand your point of energy and kind of needing to gather the energy to be the very kind of like proper english speaking kind of you know yeah bubbly person uh but then i really do appreciate that sort of softness to uh the like more i guess kindness more even the melody to um to speaking english and how that influences you as well so um yeah it's definitely in between is my where i want to be ironically how about you or how do you um in a sense it would be in between as well because i in terms of identity i think i would like I like the elements of my Polish identity when I speak Polish, when I, I can, I can really read someone, someone else's emotions in a sense that if they are excited about something, it will show or they, they will tell me versus being excited all the time when it's a lot more difficult to really decipher whether someone is excited or is just saying that they are excited, you know? So I feel like, I like this clarity of situation. I feel I feel very uncomfortable when I'm I can't read someone. So I find it a lot easier in uh, when I speak in Polish. And I yeah, just love this like honesty that we can that we can have when we speak Polish and the not using too much energy when you speak. So if you and that liberty that comes with it. So when I don't want to be very bubbly or very chatty or very um, upbeat, I don't have to be and that's okay. And I'm not going to be getting all these questions of concern. 
but I really like, I really feel a lot more comfortable expressing myself now in English, ironically. So I didn't know whether that's to do with expressing myself on an emotional level or simply the fluency of the language that I have gained over the years, because now I'm increasingly finding it more difficult to um, speak fluently in Polish, like at that level that I used to be at. So I'm constantly comparing myself, whether I want it or not, to the level of fluency in Polish that I used to have. And I'm, and I'm seeing how much I've lost. And in English, I, I feel like I can express virtually anything. And then maybe it's because it's still my second language. So even if, I'm, if I make a mistake, I don't see it so blatantly as I would in my native language. So it's a very, that I like elements of, of both, you know, that the, the ease of ex expressing myself in English uh, and like the ease of connecting with people, um, at least initially. And I love the directness and the honesty in, in Polish and the freedom of being whatever energy I have currently with me, you know. But I also really relate with what you said about being in that limbo. At some stage a few years ago, I think it was maybe like the first two years of, um, of me being in the UK, I was going through a very, very strange phase where I was at the level where I was obviously already fluent in English, but I was not at the level that was allowing me to express everything that I wanted. So I didn't have that total freedom of language. And at the same time, I started noticing that I'm losing fluency in Polish. So I couldn't express myself there at all not at all but I couldn't I couldn't express myself fully and it kind of happened like to my surprise because I thought that if it's if Polish is my native language it's always going to be there I'm always going to be at the same level so no no one ever told me that you really need to keep your language up even if it's your native language it might fade away to a certain extent so I was shocked by that process and okay. I felt like there was this block in me when I was speaking with my parents you know I constantly I, I kept on stopping and tripping up and not being like looking for words and my parents were like what's happening with her like she <laughs> speak Polish and now she can't speak Polish you know so uh it's I think I was I don't think I was depressed during that time, but definitely it, it influenced my mental <laughs> health. I know it sounds really, really serious, but now looking from a different perspective, I really feel like it was, it was something that inf impacted me a lot. So, you know, like my advice would be to anyone who is thinking of leaving their country and they want to keep up their fluency, would be to like keep like remember to practice your nat native language as well because like any other language it can fade yeah. away. and i had the same thing i had the same crisis um actually of just being in the point where you know you kind of can't speak either super fluently mm -hmm. but going back to what you were saying about um 
how you kind of you you feel like if you make a mistake in English, that's um, sort of feels more acceptable because it's not your native language. And in Polish, it feels the other way around. And I actually had almost like the opposite experience sometimes when um, you've got that legitimate, legit, that's exactly the point. Um, <laughs> when you make a mistake in Polish, I feel like I can always say, but well, I'm Polish anyway, so I don't have to prove anything to you. And it, it is sort of that attitude of, you know, but I'm Polish. So, I mean, yeah, I trip up, but, you know, um, and there's that confidence behind it. Whereas if I make a mistake in English, it's always, there's this sense of failure and it's almost like always trying to prove something to someone of, you know, you kind of, you can have the most, I don't know, eloquent speech and you trip up and you say, don't remember the word. And there'll be someone in the audience going, oh, but she's foreign, so, you know? Mm -hmm. And it will never happen in Polish, you know? You can just kind of trod through words, you know? Just like, oh, like, with just really struggling to find um, the right expressions and things to say. And, and then no one will have the same comments. So I almost found it the, the opposite, like English will, like it's never going to be mine because I'll always keep trying. And then when I found myself going back to the, what you're saying about kind of being in limbo and having that crisis of, well, I can't go back now because I can't speak Polish. And with me, it was very rooted in writing of, you know, oh, here, here I am, have left Poland. I haven't written anything in Polish. My English will never be good enough. That's in the time where I was just very dramatic about it um, on that level that I wanted to be. And then, and then I can't be fluent in Polish now, and I can't write anything in Polish. And, and it, yeah, it left me sort of in the limbo of, well, I'm then neither here nor there. Mm -hmm. And I guess what helped me was kind of really appreciating the fact that I'm both here and there. I'm not neither. And my language is legitimate, you know, as is yours. And because there's so many of us and, we bring so many qualities to either language because we're simultaneously, we simultaneously speak both all the time and we cross thing and cross name things all the time. And we, yeah, just intersect those languages constantly. And I think there's so much value in that and so much kind of undiscovered, the undiscovered value. I don't think it's necessarily we talked about and maybe it would be more because people obviously um, there's so much more migration, I guess, in the sense that in terms of um, media and ways of expression. So I think there's more podcasts, there's more shows, there's more writing um, being done by uh, bilingual people or translingual people. So um, yeah, so that's, that kind of fills me with optimism and hopefully that will fill anyone else with optimism who like us had that crisis of shit now i'm in like nowhere you know i was at least i was somewhere in my home country and i'm just like so i think we really can take a lot of strength from the fact that we have mastered both and and then and that space in the middle that linguistically that's our power mm -hmm. and that's really interesting to explore yeah and it's it's funny that now that you mentioned being very wary of your 
um, grammatical mistakes when you use your second language. I really relate with that um, in terms of writing because for many years, I, I actually ironically worked as a writer like professionally. It was my job to write in English and also correct native speakers English very often. And I felt like I really need to perform. And I have this title, which gives me the responsibility, like a lot of expectation and the responsibility to, to speak and write impeccably. And I was in distress for so many years. I didn't realize, but I was, um, because every time I would have to hand in my work, well, first of all, it would take me a really long time to write it because I would be checking hundreds of times whether what I wrote was correct. And then when I would hand it in, I would still not be sure because I would be thinking, well, maybe there are some expressions that are not, don't sound natural, you know, and maybe a native speaker is going to read it and they will think this is total nonsense, you know? So it took me so many years to develop confidence in written English. And it's only happened recently, literally when, after I quit my job as a writer, I've come <laughs> back to writing now. And ironically, this is the first time in my life that I feel totally confident writing in English. I don't know how it happened. I don't know whether that's the, the release of that pressure that I had before that I was possibly putting on myself. But for the first time in my life, I write something and I don't feel the need to check over and over and over again. I write it and I accept the fact that it might not be perfect, but it still has the value, like the meaning that I want to attach to what I'm writing. And that's really the most important thing. And I really agree that we... Um, like without glamorizing, you know, being immigrant or, you know, being between different countries, between different identities. But I do feel like having that experience of speaking in a different language and living in a different culture brings a lot to like the way you view things in general, you know, and that translates into the way we speak, the way we behave, the way we write. So I do agree that there's also a lot of money in that. Yeah, and there's, I think there's always that, as you say, what, whatever you look at, you always have that second perspective, or third, or fourth, depending on, you know, how many languages you speak, because I think each language really opens you up to a whole culture, and I'm sure you can relate to that on, like, level Spanish, because, you know, uh, your, your Spanish was fluent, um, <laughs> and I think it's that cultural, just depth of you know you kind of with the language you open yourself up to the whole culture and 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 that adds a perspective on anything you look at so definitely there's so much value in having even in our case well in your case three um perspectives in my case really two um but it takes time i think to develop that confidence and i definitely you know kind of i fought that imposter syndrome for a very long time and mm. until i kind of just went with okay, I, I guess maybe you, I had some validation from outside world and then rather than dismissing it, you know, like I had a degree or, you know, I was published in something or I'm sure people would have had like, maybe had a radio program, anything, because we do different things. 
and maybe that little even little validation helps when you kind of grow to acknowledge that and appreciate what you've already done and go oh actually i don't need to doubt myself or even justify myself when i make a mistake because it doesn't actually comment on you know my level of english actually my level of english can be anything as well it's just the it's my own language so um mm-hmm. yeah i feel like we need to almost like dive in more and be more confident in how we speak and how we express ourselves and not think of it as like incorrect but more our own Mm, yeah so if anyone of you is at the stage where you are learning a new language maybe english and maybe you are judging yourself because you're not at the level where you would like to be or maybe you are having a bit of an identity crisis please know that we've been there and remember that you are trying to speak another language and that in itself is already an amazing achievement and it gives you that extra perspective which you you will you already have and you can perfect it to the level that you want but just fight through it and you'll get there so just a bit of like comforting (laughs) words because i really feel for everyone who might be experiencing what we have experienced because we didn't know that that was happening to us at the time when it was because no one was speaking about it. So we are bringing this up now so yeah. you can learn from it as well and you can, you know, take whatever you need from this conversation. And also I, we would really like to find out whether you think that we sound different when we speak in English. Obviously, you haven't heard us speaking in Polish that much, but it would be really interesting to to find out whether, you know, we sound, irrespective of the accents that we have, whether we sound, in terms of our identities, different from, you know, like a general British person. So if you have any thoughts of, on on that, as always, get in touch with us. You can find us on Instagram at your local foreigners, and you can also find us on YouTube. You can just type your local foreigners and you can ask questions under our in the description of any of our videos. And this episode is also going to be available in a video format. So head to our YouTube channel if you want to see us, talk to you. And yeah. Do subscribe as well to on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and YouTube because you can just be getting episodes regularly every week and that means you won't miss anything and that's important. Precisely. So share your love as always and thank you so much for joining us in this conversation and we really hope that you're still keeping well, that you're being patient and you're not going... You're not going crazy during the, the lockdowns and the self-isolation. So stay healthy and stay well. Yeah, stay and safe. We will catch up with you in our next episode. See you guys Bye. soon. Thank you. Bye.